For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Virginia's done. They got beat by Furman yesterday. This is what you want in the NCAA tournament. You want this drama. Look, Princeton beat Arizona. Mm. But when it happens to Virginia, and it has happened to Virginia a lot, including a 16 beating a 1, the one and only time it's ever happened, we suddenly find ourselves back in the Tony Bennett discourse. And Tom Crean, coach's coach. Coaches are always going to look out for coaches. Absolutely. So my man got on ESPN yesterday after Virginia flamed out in the tournament again and said, no, 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 this will not define Tony Bennett. And you sit there and you think about the fact that he's won those six championships and how hard that league is. I know the league isn't getting a lot of a ton of credit this year, but that doesn't matter. I mean, that's a hard league. I mean, when you got Duke, Carolina, Syracuse, all those teams in your league on a constant, consistent basis, and you're winning like he did, I think that's big. I think what happens is it's it's the immediacy bias is you look at this and he's had a couple of losses in the tournament, but there's no way that defines him. I mean, if, if now if he had one championship in that league or he was good every once in a while, now maybe there's a different conversation going on, but no way. He's too good a coach. So here's – and that's Tom Crean on ESPN, and nobody's denying that Tony Bennett's a good coach. The issue is why does this keep happening to Virginia outside of what happened in 2019 where they won a national championship? Um, in the last five years, Virginia lost to UMBC, 16 over a one, the one and only time it's happened. Then they won a national championship. I think you and I have discussed this enough times, Joe, where – you can't have one without the other. It's part of the story arc. But then they lost to Ohio in 2021. I'm actually willing to give that one the benefit of the doubt, considering that they were coming out of COVID protocol. We don't know what the state of Virginia basketball was. They had a couple guys who didn't play in that game. DNP last year, and then they lose to Furman, a 13 seed, yesterday. But it goes beyond that, too. You look at some of the earlier build-it-up teams for Tony Bennett, there were some early round exits there as well. But there's something about Tony Bennett in Virginia that has people very, very quick to call what happened in 2019 a fluke or like it didn't happen or it doesn't count. I'm sorry, but it counts. And I am also I'm always fascinated by the idea of coaches, college coaches specifically, college coaches who have one title to their name and they become validation for their careers. But it's the one and only time they've done it. And it's not like they haven't had multiple talented teams with opportunities to do so remember Roy Williams was the coach who could never win the big one and he finally did and even then they wanted to kind of discredit it Jim Beheim has won and that actually ends up being the outlier for Syracuse in the grand scheme of things but nobody ever brings up the fact that it's an outlier there's only two active coaches right now in the NCAA with multiple titles Bill Self who just won one and John Callip and uh, and Rick Pitino who's in coaching purgatory right now so John Calipari, the one that everybody you know obsesses over, has flamed out plenty of times in the NCAA tournament and has come up short plenty of times. He only has one NCAA tournament title to his name. So is it as simple as people just want to dunk on Virginia fans? Is that in any way, shape, or form a compliment to Virginia fans? Because we just spent the week dunking on North Carolina for not going to the NIT. People love dunking on Duke. 
when they have an early round exit. I mean, you can make the argument that Coach K, up until his retirement, was underperforming in the NCAA tournament with some pretty talented teams. I, I think the issue with Virginia in this specific instance, Virginia, when Tony Bennett was hired, mm-hmm. was at the bottom of the league. Right? Mm-hmm. They were trying to find their way, and I will forever give Tony Bennett credit for building a better mousetrap. Okay, He didn't beat Duke in Carolina by trying to play their game. He played his own game with his dad's offense, his dad's defense, with his own wrinkles, right? So I forever give him credit for those things. But now you're not being graded on, let's just get Virginia competitive, let's just start winning the ACC. You're being graded now, Mike Krzyzewski's gone, Roy Williams is gone, Dean Smith is gone. So you're now the Hall of Fame coach. You're now the best coach in this league. Mm -hmm. So you need to carry the program as such, and those expectations go up. Yes, the title was amazing, particularly in the context of the previous year Mm -hmm. and the historical context of being the first team to lose to a 16 seed in the opening round. But the true mark of success is being able to repeat and being consistent, not repeat as a champion, but repeating your success over and over again. And those coaches, Dean Smith went to the Sweet 16 something like 26 years in a row. He had an amazing streak. So while people were disappointed in Dean Smith for not winning more national titles, he was actually the most consistent coach in the NCAA tournament. Mike Krzyzewski, you'll remember for a long time, would get to the Final Four but couldn't win I know the title. So, you know, they had this a consistent excellence. It wasn't just a one-off. Unfortunately for Tony Bennett, his 19 team now looks like a one-off based mm. on how the, that mousetrap is built for the long haul of the regular season. It's not built for a tournament. And yesterday they had a they had a double-digit lead yesterday. They had a bigger lead in the second half yesterday. And when you're Virginia, and set, a big lead to Virginia is six, seven, eight points. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that's just a three-pointer, a turnover, and another three-pointer away from you being in trouble. And that's exactly what happened yesterday when they couldn't make free throws. I'm not going to blame the last turnover. I'm not going to blame the whole game on Kihei Clark on the last turnover. Clark missed some big free throws down the stretch, too, and he's an amazing free throw shooter. But pressure bursts pipes, man. And when you give yourself no room for error, when you have to win a very specific way every time, you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to say it's going to work every mm-hmm. time. And why I tweeted yesterday that he's not built for March, it's not. It's actually not really an insult. It's just the truth of the matter is they're built like the Yankees are for a 162-game schedule, like the Carolina Hurricanes are for an 82-game schedule. The way what they do works because of the buy-in, because of the culture, because of the attitude of the coaches. Mm-hmm. But what once you get into this winner-take-all situation, give me Jim Valvano. Give me even Tom Izzo. Give me someone else who you know Tom Izzo is going hasn't to make, won in 23 years. But the consistency part for Izzo is the final four trips. He's got eight of them, right? Yeah, he's got like... It's a lot. He has a lot of them, but again... With with what, by the way? We're also... But again, we now here, here's to your point. This, this they, won, they won the title. Virginia wins the title with NBA guys. Yes! Right? One of the things we love to give credit for is when you don't have the guys, right? Because that's why we give coaches credit. 
You mentioned Jim Beheim for all of those years. He had all of these talented teams. Roy Williams and they didn't get win. credit because he had too many guys, as if recruiting's not it. And that's yeah. ultimately what this comes down to. I think we're overthinking. Think this. about all the credit that Roy got for seventeen without it's the, the super team, right? It's, it's the dumbest thing. It's that, but that's how we do we it. We move we move the goalposts all the time, and it ends up being asinine in a lot of different ways. Uh, and sometimes I want people to hear themselves how they talk about these things, and maybe they would go, they take a step back and go, "Well, that's a really dumb way of looking at it." This is this is an overcomplication of what's going on at Virginia. It's not that Tony Bennett isn't built for March. Is that the teams that he routinely puts together might not be built for March? Clearly, he can win in March. He's won a freaking national title. So I'm having a really hard time processing the idea that well, you know, that's just Tony Bennett in March. Oh, you mean like winning a national title? What's the key difference of 2019, and what could have been the key difference in 2021 had it not been for the pandemic? They had a good squad in 2021, by the way. But they ended up having some COVID issues, and that ended up being a depleted team at the end. So I kind of throw twenty, like all things twenty twenty one, I throw them out in the grand scheme of things. So my point is, was I mean, it Jay Huff, Sam Hauser? I mean, they're they're not Kyle guy, and they were better. Offensive they're better players. offensive players. Yes. Is my point. Yeah. So COVID has thrown a lot of things. They had a off. top twenty offense in in twenty one. Okay, Ken Palm. So it, what I'm getting at is clearly Tony Bennett, as you build a program. Has just access, doing, but doing, and I hate reducing it to this, but doing something once is not that consistent excellence in the postseason. Okay. It's not. Now, that's not, you're not Roy, you're not Kay, you're not Dean Smith, you're not even Izzo, who's done it eight times. But the coaches, the, final you, four. the coaches you just mentioned, yeah, they're they're gone or they're old. They've been doing it for decades, literally. Right. Tony Bennett hasn't been doing that yet at Virginia. It, it's not that long, man. It's not that long in the grand scheme of things when we start piling it on. But it's want, not 47 years, correct. So here's what here's what I want people to consider when it comes to Virginia. Because I think where you and I align... 12 years at Virginia? I think it's 12 years. Where you and I align when it comes to Virginia is if you want to be about that life, you have to be about that life. 14 years. Do you want to be with Duke and Carolina? Well, then start acting like it. And that's why it bothers me that we treat Tony Bennett as some sort of outlier and that he still gets Coach of the Year votes. No, the expectation for Virginia right now at that point in this program is to win the ACC. The expectations for North for Virginia right now which are to they do which compete, which they, they do. They do win the ACC regularly. So I'm not I'm not dazzled by Tony Bennett's ability to win in the regular season. But the outlier ends up not being because of bracket luck, blah, 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 blah. The outlier was... There was a lot of bracket luck. Everybody gets bracket luck, though, Joe. You can't... No, <laughs> not I'm sorry. quite like that. No, I'm sorry. It is an arbitrary thing for you to be like, oh, you had you had bracket luck. Give me the team that won a national championship that didn't have bracket luck then. Well, how about a team... You mentioned it before about Jim Valvano only having one title. That team had two of the greatest players in the history of the NBA yeah. on the all-50 50th anniversary team, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think Texas Tech is going to have two teams, two players on the... Uh, Four first-round exits for Jim Valvano. In three. Sure? Yes. I'll have to go back and look. 82, 87, 88. I thought there was a fourth one in no. there, too. But anyway, regardless, there were first-round exits there. Mm. I mean, you want to talk about flukes? 1983 was a fluke in the grand scheme of things. That's going to trigger some people, but come on, man. Like, I can make anything a fluke if you want it to. And here's what it ultimately comes down to. We'll wrap on this. There have been 80 NCAA tournaments. There are 16 coaches with multiple national titles. Let's throw out half of them in the grand scheme of things because John Wooden doesn't count because, hey, cheating and college basketball was different. Coach K's got five. He's the greatest. You have to throw him out because there is he's, he is the one that you cannot compare anybody to. He's got five over multiple decades different ways. 
So let's narrow it down to coaches with two titles. There's 10 of them. Only two are active right now. Rick Pitino, Bill Self. Let's consider Dean Smith. He only won two with 11 appearances in the Final Four. Up until 1993, it was, you got all this NBA talent. You had Michael freaking Jordan, and you only won one? And that's why 93 was so huge. I don't think Dean Smith lost that often in the first round. I know there was, was he the wasn't point, the coach at Weber the, State. The, the, the point is, the point is that we end up judging these things based on your success in the no, tournament. Correct. But you have to do it more than once is what I'm saying to you. Okay. I, both things can be true. Tony Bennett could be a really good coach. Yeah. You could still have to do it more than once, Joe. All I'm saying I is... I don't know why you're getting all jammed up about Tony Bennett. You're like putting your cape on for Tony Bennett. No, it's not As that if he it, is like the second coming. It's No, 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 no. That's ridiculous. Come on. I'm not putting my cape on for Tony you Bennett. You are putting a cape on what for I'm Tony doing Bennett. Is, what I'm doing is that I'm clowning the people who immediately wait for this crap and want to dunk on him. That's what it is. That's what bothers me. Yeah. It's that we basically... Like, what are you proving is my point. What are you proving by dunking on Tony Bennett? That's my question. What are you getting at? Like, what makes you feel good to tweet out, Tony Bennett's not built for March? What does that get you? I have people who come at me all the time who talk about Tony Bennett. Okay. So, yes, I retort. When Tony when something goes wrong for Tony Bennett, I retort. Doesn't that make yes. you petty? It does, but that's what okay. Twitter is, Joe. Okay. So, what I'm getting at here is you are coming at this from an incredibly biased place. When of it comes to I Tony am. Bennett in Virginia. I've, I've, I've been straight okay. up that I don't like Tony Bennett. So I respect him. Do you understand that you undercut your own attitudes towards this when you're straight up being like this? You understand that, right? It's like Pat Forty. It's a fluke. Dude, how many times has Pat Forty written things about how this is it? And he has to come back and apologize for 79, it. 79, I guess, Dean lost. 78-79. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My point is, even the greatest coaches of all time only have so many national titles, is my point. So the fact that you've won one, you can't just dismiss it, is my point. I'm not dismissing their title. I'm saying if you want to be uh, one of the all-time greats, you have to do it more than just once. That's all. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. We'll look ahead to NC State today. Look back at Duke yesterday. Really slow and patient with Oral yesterday. Oral Roberts is really important, really impressive. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. I'm Tim Donnelly here with Coach Pete of Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, is it still true that a million is enough to retire on? Tim, maybe and maybe not. The most important thing is to get a real plan that gives you income you never outlive. We'll give that away to the next 10 people. Call right now. The number to call, 800-691-3215. Text TIM to 600-700 if you're interested in texting. Once again, that phone number is 800-691-3215 or text TIM to 600-700 for that deal. Saw this uh, saw this headline. I guess uh, the, the News and Observer gets the same emails that we do. Like, here's a ranking of blah, 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 and you can turn it into a story or not. So this, this was from uh, NJ Bet. It's an online casino. And they did a survey on worst be- behaved fans of top 20 schools. Duke fans ranked number one as most obnoxious in NCAA basketball. So the rankings are Duke, Alabama, interesting, Kentucky, Ohio State, North Carolina, Maryland, Florida, Michigan, Texas, LSU. I don't know anything about Ohio State fans. I don't know. I know about Maryland fans. I don't know anything about Florida basketball fans. Uh, but, yeah, those are the top ten college basketball teams with the worst-behaved fans. Folks, I'm here to tell you, we're not. I don't think people are ready for this conversation, but I actually think UNC fans have surpassed Duke fans in terms of obnoxious behavior. Based on social media? Or... Well, based on social media and based on going to games, hmm. honestly. So, 
I think we got a new leader in the clubhouse, man. But, of course, not listed here is NC State. Y'all, we know who the true champ is in terms of obnoxiousness. Shout out to the Wolfpack. Speaking of which, keep hearing it feels like 83. All right. If it feels like 83, is Kevin Keith buying that? He hopes so. He's actually had the 83 team around this squad, so they kind of get motivated. Our tradition is huge at NC State. Uh, we do not hide from it. We understand that um, you know we're one of few teams, who are few, few schools, schools that have uh, two national champions, and um, you know both of those teams were so special to us. And you know, I'll talk about the '83 team since we're talking about the 40th anniversary. Um, you know they they came out of nowhere, um, worked extremely hard, and obviously came away with a national championship. And and so it was uh, it was a it was great moments when they were on campus. Uh, we were able to have those guys talk to our players and exchange numbers, and I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, and uh, our guys embraced it. And it's important to know where your culture and you know some of the former players came from and how they won championships. And so that was a really unique thing for us. So that's Kevin Keats on feeling like 83. I'm feeling like it's 2010 when it comes to Duke. Uh, they had no issues with Oral Roberts yesterday, Joe. Um, and I think if you're – if you're trying to take anything away from that win last night, it's the fact that they could score, which has not been the most consistent thing for the Blue Devils. If they're going to get that kind of performance out of Tariq Whitehead, then yeah, that was the real bonus. I'm going to like I'm going to like three chances. threes off the bench. We just haven't seen him healthy enough to really make a difference, and they've been able to win without him, which is kind of amazing if you think about it, because they went into the season thinking, all right, you know, we've got Lively in the post, we've got Tariq Whitehead who could be a bus driver for us, and we got Jeremy Roach is kind of like that steadying you know, a veteran point guard. And, you know, Roach had injury problems. Lively had injury problems. White had injury problems. Roach and Lively have been able to find their way and, and find their roles. And it's a true credit to John Shire that they've been able to win with so many different moving parts. But if you're going to throw Whitehead in there now, who is arguably the most talented player on the team, mm-hmm. that's going to be that's gonna be a tough combination. I the Tennessee game is going to be very ugly. Duke should be very comfortable playing ugly games because they have all year. And then I'm just saying, once they get to Madison Square Garden, uh-uh. We'll do, see what do, happens. Do not bet against Duke once they get to Madison Square Garden. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.